Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977, or visit us on the web at kenmoreteam.com. Once again, I'd like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how you doing over there? Well, keeping busy. Good. That's a, yeah. You got kind of the fall sports thing going on, don't you? Yeah. Well, besides our our son's a senior at Whitworth playing football, and I didn't realize for our daughter who's uh, playing club, very busy in the fall. <laughs> Softball <laughs> is not just a spring sport. Yes, you are, you are a busy fall guy ball. for sure. I'm on the other side of that. Mine left home and went to college and so um yeah, so it's a little harder to get to them, but uh kind of freed up some weeknights there for sure. Mm-hmm. So well, it is definitely that time of year. The trees are starting to uh turn colors a little bit there and don't forget to get on uh, the Real estate advice, get on the sprinkler blowout. Um, I heard them, uh, somebody in our neighborhood, it's that it's that uh, compressor. Yes. Oh, yep, somebody's blowing out their sprinklers. It is that time of year. Winter is going to be coming, and that is one thing if you plan on selling in the next four or five months. Not to forget, because the buyers will be looking for proof that that was done. So if you are thinking about selling this year, definitely make sure you get a receipt for that for that real estate maintenance on that because nobody likes to dig up ruptured (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've talked about it we do not like to dig up ruptured pipes for for sure well we always before we jump into the story we like to start with our crazy national real estate story um, and this week's from Rob Report, um, the crazy celebrity home of the week. So British singer Robbie Williams um, put a house on the market, an English estate. Here's the thing that's interesting, though, which you might want to remember about the things you say about your home in social media. Okay. So last year, he did an Instagram Live um, where he talked about certain rooms of the house being haunted. Haunted. I, was gonna, I yes. didn't want to spoil it. This is really. our October crazy real estate story. Um, and that his daughter would not sleep in certain rooms. And so this made for great Instagram Live interaction with his fans, um, but not so great for building a repertoire history for the property. So, interestingly enough, um, it is a gorgeous um, English property on 72 acres. Um, but interestingly enough, the current pricing on it um, is $9.2 million. Get this. He paid in 2009... He paid eleven million mm. for the property. I don't know. We we don't do too many of these celebrity stories where in the last couple of years where that price has gone down, yeah. especially over a you know over a twelve year period. Um, it was very interesting though. The remodel of the house was done by a famous architect, um, Sir Norman Foster, mm-hmm. and his claim to fame is the same architect that did the remodel on this house. Is he was the architect that designed the crazy apple 
headquarters in Cupertino. Have you seen the pictures of that spaceship looking yes. building? So, yeah, same architect. So, there's definitely some property history there, but it is not translating into a high sales price for him as he's <laughs> taking a haircut Gee, on that I thing. wonder why. I don't think we should feel too bad for him, though, because the article did go on to state that he had a $32 million villa in Switzerland that overlooked Lake Geneva. So I think I think he's going to be okay, McKay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he can afford a little haircut on, on that one for yeah. sure. Well, <laughs> the topic of the week, um, we've had a huge series on buyers. And so I want to switch gears a little bit and go back and give our sellers a little bit of love. But um, I always take what happened throughout the course of the week what do we deal with? What's going on in the market? And that helps mm-hmm. me decide what to talk about on the radio show. And as we kind of go back towards the seller side a little bit, I'll tell you what what happened this week, which was really interesting. We wrote um, offers on 14 different houses for a number of clients and agents in the company. Only two of those 14 were not in multiple offer situation. Ooh. So we were still high where there's still a shortage of inventory to the point where it is still highly competitive in the multiple offer situation um two of the houses that were in multiple offer situation that we're talking about were Mm -hmm. homes that were over a million dollars so interesting to see that price point in tri-cities generating that type of interest. And so when you look at that, both of them had over four offers on the property. Um, So that is, you know, just, I mean, if you look at that, there were eight different people, you know, that were competing in that price range. Um, Only two received it. So not a price range that we've been used to in the Tri-Cities in years past, having multiple offers even there. Still the most competitive range. 275,000 to 400 getting the most amount of multiple offers. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's not that's not immune to just that price point. If it's a great property and a great house, there is a ton of buyer activity in the market right now. Um, one of the thing that directly relates to that and the cause of that, I think buyers are waking up a little bit to the fact we've seen for the first time in 3 months interest rates creeping back up a little bit. Freddie Mac reporting that interest rates above three for the first month in the last three months. What's happened Mm -hmm. is we've seen what's called mortgage interest rates follow the 10-year treasury yield pretty closely. And we've seen that for a number of economic reasons, um, you know, worldwide uh, and some concerns there. We've seen that start to tick up a little bit. And when that rate starts to go up, we see mortgage rates usually follow closely. So still an amazing rate. I mean, I'm not complaining. I don't think the consumers should be complaining. But, you know, when you're looking at a graph like that and you've kind of hit that trough at the bottom and it starts to creep back up, Mm -hmm. people that have been on the sidelines saying, gosh, maybe now I should execute before those rates start to tick back up. The second thing that happened, other than writing all of those offers, being in multiple offer position, helping our sellers navigate that to maximize the return that they got, is I took a call from an agent this week Mm -hmm. um, that was extremely refreshing in today's day and age. And I got to tell you why. He He had written an offer. We were in a multiple offer situation. His client didn't get the house. He wrote a great offer. 
Um, but he was upset with how we handled the multiple offer situation. But he called me in a very respectful manner and just mm. said, I don't like how you guys did that. Why did you do it that way? And then we had a discussion about it. And I said, and I said, I totally see your point of view, but I also disagree with that negotiating style and the way you're presenting it to me. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because we both were able to understand each other's point of view. Even after that, we still disagreed on how they did it, but it was done in a respectful manner. Nobody raised their voice. Um, We each learned a little something about how the other person operates, and we get off that phone, and I still have more respect for that colleague than I did before, and it was just, it was refreshing in today's day and age to see another professional in our industry make that call, and we can have a disagreement, respectfully have mm-hmm. different viewpoints, um, and still be colleagues and, dare I say, even, you know, verging on friendship there. And so I don't think we get that enough in the, <laughs> in, in, the <laughs> Probably not. in the world today. And um, so anyway, I was very happy. I love when that happens in our profession. But it did bring up a point for me to talk about on the radio show, and that's when I said, you know, I need to dig out. I've done a show about this before, but everything that's happening right now is what can happen in multiple offers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't don't realize this. So the first thing that I that I wrote down with that is if you're representing a buyer, your goal is to, um, if the buyer wants that property, your goal is to get that offer accepted for your buyer. Um, at the same time, though, you don't want the buyer to overpay for a property. Um, but you have to have discussions with your buyer about their willing to, what they're willing to do. Now, on the seller side, you know, here you are battling with an agent where a seller and their agent, that agent has the obligation to maximize the return, get the most amount of money possible for that seller um, and and meet their goals. Um, and maybe they have different goals. Maybe they have a time frame to move. And maybe max when you talk to your seller, that's more important than the money. But there are some agency law um, there are some agency law requirements where we're we're going to battle with some of these agents, and but yet we're colleagues, like I just talked about in, in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the things, one of the strategies that we see people use right now um, is what's called an escalation addendum. And so, and that's just one of hundreds of strategies that you can use, but. What you can do is in the past, and people have seen this for years past, is, is say a property is listed at 400000 and you know it's a great property. It's the best one you've seen in weeks of looking. And so you go in and you say, you know, I'm going to make a full price offer at four hundred. Um, but just in case there's other full price offers, I'm going to throw in this addendum that says, you know what, I'll pay $2,000 over any other offer that is presented. So I'll beat any other offer by $2,000 up to a certain cap. So you're not just saying in perpetuity if there's a $500,000. Yeah. You could say my offer's four hundred. I'll beat any other offer by $2,000 up to 420000 So maybe you're willing to go 20000 over. Um, so what that does is that um, limits your, you know, how far things could be escalated. And so say an offer comes in at four ten, 
automatically your offer goes to 412, um, gets signed and accepted by the seller, and then goes back to the buyer. They don't even have to get permission at whatever whatever price, as long as they can prove another offer escalated it. When they fill it in and sign, that will be the price that you're obligated to in that con- in that contract. Mm. Um, so you do have to watch what you're willing to do. Now, our market has been so competitive, though, that a lot of agents have taken that escalation addendum and they've talked to their clients and they said, hey, look, we're probably going to go up against two or three other escalation addendums. Agents know about this. It's a hot market. Um, You know what? Instead of going in at 400, limiting your increments, are you willing to get this house for 420? And if they say yes, um, then we've seen a lot of offers that we've been reviewing lately now where they just come right in at 420, no escalation or 430 or whatever they decide. Mm -hmm. So what happens in that standpoint is that's a risk reward, right, for that buyer. The other buyer that had the escalation said, gosh, I don't really want to overpay just in case all the offers are around 400, 405, I'll beat it. But this buyer said, you know what? Maybe they've lost out on two or three other homes up to this point. And and so they said, there might be two other offers at 400, but I don't care. I'm going to go in right at 420. Now, does that buyer end up costing themselves $20,000? Maybe. Maybe. Or do they convince the seller not to counter any of those other offers and just take their offer? And a lot of times that's what we're seeing happen. So... Two very, very different strategies there. Mm-hmm. As, and so as a seller, you've got to look at what's on the table in front of you, what's most likely to close, what's going to maximize you know, your, your results and your wishes. So those are just two of the many strategies that we have going on in the market right now. When we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about another aggressive strategy that um, buyers, agents are using, that sellers are seeing, and that is the question, when you present an offer to somebody else, are the terms of your offer private, or do they become public when you submit to that other agent in the seller? We'll talk about that right after the break. Welcome back to the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. Well, we're talking about multiple offers. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with it all the time. I get excited about it. So before I start going into that and we run out of time, I want to make sure we get our pick three in this week um, because we've got some great, great inventory out there. Uh, First, I'm going to take you to Pasco this week, 5002 Tradition Drive. Now, this is a three-bedroom, two-bath, all one level. It's a pro-made home, um, fantastic home, 1784 square feet. It's in first place at West Pasco neighborhood. Tons of natural light, open great room, vaulted ceilings, newer carpet. Um, The kitchen has awesome cabinets, full extension drawers island with bar tile backsplash pantry and then you got the split bedroom designs you got the master on one side of the house the other bedrooms on the other master has a large walk-in closet custom built-ins dual sink vanity large shower um, and then all of this and that's coming with a three-car garage also and that's coming in at four forty-seven nine hundred. So gorgeous! Wow. It, it's like new construction, but you're not paying new construction prices. It's very well kept home. Yeah. 
Pick number two, I'm going to take you out to Benton City, 77511 North Overlook Drive in Benton City. Now, this is a property, quiet country property, gorgeous view on five acres. Um, Three of those acres have Bing and Rainier cherries on them. Super relaxing front porch, three bedroom, three bath home, 2432 square feet. Um, You've got laminate wood flooring throughout the formal entry sunroom off of the entry the kitchen has tons of counter and cabinet space Um, split bedroom design here private master retreat on the upper level Um, you've got a large ensuite bath custom tile surround and shower and then downstairs a huge rec room enormous family rec room with a wet bar great place for gathering and entertaining and then outdoor you've got a big shop two bay shop um, there's a well for the house water and the irrigation water comes from the yakima so you've got irrigation property farm property mm-hmm. cherries beautiful home and that's coming in at 609 wow and then pick number three i'm going to take you to west richland a lot of people looking for this type of property 5700 laurel drive in west richland this is a rambler basement five bedrooms three bath 3148 square feet and it's on two and a half acres in west richland you just that's very hard to find right now beautiful wood floors throughout the main level you've got an absolute gourmet kitchen um with you've got beautiful uh 10 foot island granite counters um full tile backsplash stainless steel appliances really really nice property the main level also has two secondary bedrooms large hall bath laundry room and a half bath for guests downstairs again another amazing family room rec room media room whatever you'd like to make that two large downstairs bedrooms and extra storage and this is coming in at 669 so with the space you have out there you could still build a shop you could have a pool put in there's there's a lot of opportunities for that property so some good inventory out there like i said we're seeing a little bit more inventory out there more options for buyers with interest rates starting to creep up a great time to look into potentially getting back into the market and executing on some of this inventory before the break i started to talk strategy with multiple offers there and i teased you a little bit with asking when you present an offer you're a buyer and you present an offer to a seller, there's a thought that a lot of people have that the seller is going to keep the terms of that offer private or between the two parties. Hmm. But once that offer has been submitted to that seller, it becomes effectively public knowledge and the seller could choose what to do with that. It is not confidential what the seller received. Hmm. So for instance, you are selling your property and you receive two offers. You receive one offer that has financing and that offer is for 400,000. Let's say we list the house at 400. And well, let's actually say we list the house at 400. We get an offer with financing that is for $410,000. Hmm. And then we get an all cash offer that is just four hundred at the list price, but they believe with cash and the ability not to have financing, they think that's going to win it. 
Well, if the seller wants to, there's nothing or no law or um, ethical violation here that prevents the seller from saying to, to their agent, hey, I tell you what, I really like that cash offer. I don't want to go through an appraisal. I don't want to wait for the bank financing. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, why don't you go back to the cash offer and why don't you tell them about this other offer? Tell them that we have a financed offer at 410 and that if they want the property, you know what? If they were willing to come up to 415, um, I'll just I'll just go with them. Or maybe you have two or three offers and one's at 415, the other one's at 410. And you go back and you say, hey, look, I got offers at 410 and 415. If you want to, if you just bring 420 back with cash, then we're good and we're going to go with your offer. And so a lot of people don't realize that when you get into that multiple offer situation, the terms of your offer are no longer private between you and the seller. Mm. The seller could be using that information to leverage the other offers um, to get them to go higher. I like leverage. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Convince. Exactly. Convince, encourage. Um, and so it gets, uh, there's a lot that could be going on. And the hard part about that is, you're looking at the strategy that you've come up with with your agent. You're trying to decide which you believe is the best strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a big game of chess at many times, too, because you're, what's the next move that the seller's going to make? Is there a move I should be making? Um, and so there is so many iterations of this to talk about between you and your agent. Um, you definitely want to get with somebody that's been through that situation before, that has the experience, that can look at the nuances of what is happening. The other thing that we've been talking a lot about um, lately too is there's been a lot of cash offers and investments out in the market right now. And so people that need financing how are they competing with those cash offers? What are they doing in that multiple offer situation? Well, the biggest the biggest problem that a seller doesn't want to go through is maybe somebody with financing is willing to make a higher offer. But why, why the seller would want to consider potentially a cash offer versus a financed offer is um, the market might say that the house is worth 450. We mm-hmm. listed it at 400. There was lots of interest and in and the market says it's worth 450. But the bank's appraiser might not be able to substantiate yes. that price. And so if the amount that they're needing to get a loan on the property to cover that 450, um, if the appraisal comes in low, say it comes in at 425, now they can only get a loan based upon the amount appraisal. of 425. So the $25,000 difference between there and the 450 where they agreed with the seller on, that all has to come out of the buyer's cash funds. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have enough cash to make their down payment and cover the difference, um, that transaction has a high, high likelihood of falling apart. Yeah. What a lot of buyers are doing right now to compete with cash offers is they have either um, upped the amount that they're saving or they have cash liquid that they've saved over the years. They're looking at price points that are slightly lower than what they could actually afford. They're not Mm -hmm. maxing out what they're doing. And then they're using their extra cash reserves to pre-put in their offer. It's called a low appraisal addendum. They're going to the seller and they're saying, hey, look, I know our offer's at 425. It was listed at 400. There's a high likelihood this house only appraises at 400. 
But I don't want you to worry. I'm already agreeing up front that if it appraises at 400, I have the extra cash to make the purchase. Mm. And not only that, but I'm going to prove it to you and give you a copy of my bank statements showing that I have the extra cash available to cover it. So I'm in, in essence, you're taking the risk away from the seller and saying, hey, do you want to roll the dice with me for an extra 20 grand over the cash <laughs> offer? And I'm showing you that I can do it. Pick me, pick me. Um, <laughs> it's like a chess game. Yeah, and so those are those are some of the strategies that we're seeing in the market right now. Good, bad, or indifferent. Another show is talking about where the market's priced and what's going on. Um, but in this instance, for a buyer that wants a property, um, has a need for it for their family, and wants in a specific spot or area. These are the strategies that we're seeing right now. And then working with our sellers to maximize their return. Um, Sitting down with sellers and saying, okay, here's, you know, here's the what's on the table. Here's some of the strategies we could use in a counteroffer position. How do you guys feel about that? And then taking the seller's direction with what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And boy, that is what creates a lot of the conflict in the real estate world right now. Because we we have to operate based upon the wishes of what our seller, ultimately we can be their advisor, we can show them different strategies, but the seller gets to make that decision. It's their property. And if they make a decision, a lot of times we are the messenger as the agent and Mm -hmm. we go back and say, well, here's what we're doing. And then, you know, if there's six offers, that means there's going to be one agent that really likes me and five that want to run me over if they see me on the sidewalk out there because I didn't pick their <laughs> offer. So, so you know, we're and we're, that's the industry that we're in. What we're what we're working with, and and it might not have been what I would do, but it met the seller's wishes and what they needed to do. And I tell you what, a lot of times that's not an easy thing to convey um, or show to the losing offers, and so mm-hmm. that, that that's part of of what we deal with, and that's why. Why you see real estate agents drinking an immense amount of alcohol. No, I'm just I'm just, I'm just I'm kidding, but not kidding. No, it, it can be stressful at those situations. Exercise is a better option to work that off. But yes, uh, but yes, so that's that that is some of really what we've been seeing in the market over the last couple of weeks. It's still going on. If you have any questions about navigating any of that, please go to KenmoreTeam.com. Shoot us a message. We are doing this all week, every day, all the time right now, and really helping our sellers and our clients get um, get some amazing prices for their for their properties, and then helping buyers that need to win get into that situation so they can. KenmoreTeam.com. Shoot us a message. We would love to interview for the job of going to work for you. Yes, and we will be right back here next week right here on news talk 870